Well, greetings, everybody. Uh, I want to greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, I'm Jessica Legrone, and I've been opening these chapel times that we have together, but normally you just see me, and then we introduce a speaker. Today, we are beginning something that we call Community Conversations. And our first conversation here together, um, I'm welcoming a few guests uh, who are friends and colleagues at the seminary. So I want to welcome Dr. Jonathan Powers, who is our professor of worship here, uh, Reverend Nicole Sims, who is our director of community formation, and Dr. Winfield Bevins, who's our director of church planting. And I uh, just want to say hi and thank you guys for joining us on Zoom recording today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, wonderful. Well, we, um, we were hoping for these conversations to be things that were both um, just spiritual conversations that would bring us to a place of depth that would be really relevant to what's going on for our Asbury community right now. And uh, one thing that we had discussed is the idea of both lament and celebration, that those are usually things we do in community together. We're used to celebrating in community, whether it's through birthday parties or celebrations like graduations, weddings, um, and we're used to lamenting together. We're used to finding times that we can reach out to other people in times of struggle and sadness. And all of our public celebrations have been put on hold or canceled, and that has been so hard for so many people. So I guess I just want to open by saying, um, how about you guys? Have you um, experienced things being canceled where you would normally be in community celebrating or lamenting? Or do you have um, folks close to you? What do, you? what do you know of that people are struggling with that we can't be together for right now? I can speak to that um, very, uh, um, very closely right now. Uh, today is my um, youngest daughter's birthday. Mm -hmm. She turns three year, turn, She is three years old today. And my oldest daughter turns six years old on Saturday. So um, we had birthday parties planned for them. Um, and I mean, I know these, you know, we still be together as a family. It's not quite as significant as maybe a commencement or a wedding or some of those things. But for them, you know, it's very real. And they've had to cancel or we've had to cancel birthday parties for them. A lot of friends that were going to come over and uh, celebrations that we had planned for them that are now put on hold. Don't think that um, too much of our extended family will be able to be here, uh, probably come, come through virtual um, presence like this. And, you know, we've had to walk through that with our daughters, tell them we, we had friends that were coming over. They can't do that now. Here's what's going on in the world. And, uh, and, and they're doing okay, but, you know, they're, they're trying to understand. And um, it's not just a, a, a moment of grief for them, but also for us because we wanted them to be celebrated and to join with family and friends to do that. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's one example, you know, in, in my own life that, that's very real in the moment since it is my uh, youngest daughter's birthday. What about you? Yeah, I think, I think from, you know, very deep moments of someone's died and we can't have a funeral service to the, you know, weddings and commencement and those kinds of things being canceled to just the everyday, my expectations were one thing and now everything's flipped upside down. So I think there's a lot of loss out there, loss with daily routines even, as well as really big events like Jonathan's mentioning. 
Yeah, one of our um, former students that I think most of us on the call know really well, Morgan Clark, um, just just got married. Um, the, the date was very significant to he and his family, and they just went ahead and got married, you know, and um, grief for a lot that were close to him that couldn't make it to the wedding. I believe there are 10 people that were present. Um, but I think for them, you know, this was a day of great joy, but also sadness that a lot of their close friends and family, um, being a part of the seminary community, there's uh, the cohort that I've led for the doctor of ministry and church planning for the last three years. Um, the relationships um, with these global leaders, we were, Kay and I were just planning this great celebration because this three-year journey, you know, I've traveled internationally with them. We were planning on them being here with their families and, you know, here this kind of what would be a climactic moment to their seminary journey now. There's no graduation. Um, so it is, it's very hard for all of us um, during this season. It is. And I, I'm hearing from a lot of people just we're, we're all struggling. There's lots of different ways of uh, levels of struggle out there, but we're just not used to struggling um, without the presence of our people around us. So that, that's a hard thing to do. You know, we're, we're called as Christians and we're very um, almost programmed to reach out to the community around us when we need folks. So um, let's talk about lament a little bit and just say, you know, here we are in this season of Lent. <laughs> Um, I heard somebody say or post online the other day, like, I hadn't planned on giving up quite so much for the season of Lent. Um, and so I'm just thinking about that, that act of lament that we usually uh, call each other together in community to do and wondering, how can we lament well during this time? You know, we don't, we don't want to be those, those people who say, don't worry, be happy. <laughs> That's, this is not that kind of season, but um, how do we take those things that are grieving us right now and just lament well? Any, any thoughts about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's so important. Um, I, I've, I thought, um, we, I think everybody feels like they're experiencing a personal exile right now. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like we're, we're kind of thrust into the, um, biblical texts in that way, the Old Testament texts in that way is where we can relate to Israel in, in some manner, um, saying, well, I mean, it's not quite the same exile, but at least we're, we're having some kind of personal sense of it. And, um, uh, you know, missing the community, missing the spaces that we're used to, missing the familiarity and, and, and crying out, you know, through the Psalms. I mean, that's, that's such a great place to turn to scripturally to the Psalms, a Psalm 13, how long, O Lord, you know, just really making that a, a cry and a prayer, um, a Psalm 130, out of the depths do I cry to you, O God, O, o Lord, hear my voice. Um, I even th think of Psalm 137, um, which is, is kind of weird, but, but that's where we see an exile, um, you know, Israel's in exile. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. And I think many of us are sitting um, maybe by the rivers of Netflix and sitting and weeping while we remember Estes or something, you know, um, and, and it's just hard. Um, but uh, it, 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 I think we're we're experiencing that, and and to know that we're not the first ones, you know, we're we're not alone in that. I think the other thing that we're we're learning anew, 
um, as you were mentioning, Jessica, is um, the importance of ecclesiology. What is, what, what's the depths of ecclesiology? What does it mean to be the church, to be the church together, to, um, to function as a church? And uh, how are we connected across space and across time in different ways? We long to be together in the ways that we're used to in the normal ways. Um, but, um, but maybe across space and time, we can say, well, right now, as we lament, we're going to turn to some of these Psalms that um, give us some language, give us some grammar and, and direction for our grief um, so that we can pray those prayers. Um, that, that's, uh, that, that's a place that I often go when I'm facing grief and lament. Um, songs as well. Um, so we can look at Psalms. We can look at different songs, um, uh, music that might uh, be offered as a prayer. Uh, sometimes I think... Um, you know, music's there, uh, it can be background noise, but I think as Christians, we have the extra um, um, emphasis of prayer added to music uh, through the lyrics. And so um, finding maybe songs and things that can help invite us in and give direction to our grief, um, crying out to God and naming um, what we're experiencing and knowing that we're not alone and that we can be connected at least through um, those words, knowing, well, I'm praying these words, I'm singing these words but so is you know um so so are others in the community um and uh, and, and that's important i think something else i would add to lamenting and grieving is a critique on north american culture and christianity that we often shy away um and i think perhaps that's why we often struggle with you know, anger, violence, grief, unworked through, right? On one extreme, the outward anger, if you will, and um, and the reverse of inward uh, stuffing it down, you know, stiff upper lip, keep calm, carry on kind of thing that then can turn inward and be depressing and immobilizing and just... Um, inner just stuckness for lack of a better way to say it. And so I think just on a pastoral level, I think lament in the context of Lent and looking at the cross and all that Jesus did as he embraced our sufferings and the world's and, and went to the cross and, and that as Christians, we have this amazing like outlet to, grief to wail to go to the psalms to have those outlets to grief and i think if i could just give a word of encouragement to folks out there that it's it's a good thing to spend some time lamenting this is a time of loss for all of us in a very personal ways and very practical day-by-day -day ways and um with the trajectory we're on right now with the coronavirus, there will be more ahead. And so how do we create that space in our prayer times, in our journaling, um, where we can cry out to God? Do we have a friend or a DNA group or a family member we can call and, and have some safe space to, to struggle and not have all the answers and uh, take each other to the arms of Jesus. I think that's really an important thing for us. And we have such a bedrock in Jesus and the example he set for us. That's good. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the great gifts we're all grieving as a nation, as a world, um, but what great gifts God has given us. Um, we, we have these tools, uh, these resources of the scriptures, the Psalms, and it's really kind of profound that this is happening during Lent. Um, yeah, you know, and I'm reminded of just how important it is for us to have a theology of grace right now to um, just bathe ourselves afresh in, in just the grace and the love of God. And, you know, the kind of the, one of the key Lenten passages, um, you know, in the beginning of the Gospels where Jesus is literally the scripture says thrust by the spirit into the into the wilderness prior to that jesus is baptized he has this joyful moment he's baptized and god says behold your you know this is my beloved son and i think the, the theology of grace reminds us that we are loved and that god has not abandoned us um, but that he is emmanuel god with us and before jesus because we're Christians does not mean we're immune to struggle and to pain and to brokenness. Um, and even in the life of Jesus, what a powerful um, embodiment for us in the season that prior to Jesus going to the wilderness, God reminds him that he is loved. And, and I think that's something I'm holding on to right now personally, is I call them personal liturgies. I'm, I am living the Lord's Prayer. Every time I say that, that's like a personal liturgy, you know, that uh, our Father, um, the Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, God is care. I need God to carry me in this season. We all need God to carry us in this season. And so finding those key scriptures to just kind of latch on to that just remind us that God has us and will carry us through the season, even when we don't have the strength to go it on our own. So that's where I think for me, grace is just so important. Um, the other thing that I've personally just really been leaning into prior to this season, this past year, I, I discovered the serenity prayer. And, you know, a lot of people think of the serenity prayers for like alcoholics. Well, we're all broken and, you know, in need of grace. And, it's such an incredible reminder of, you know, God grant me serenity to accept the things I can't change, courage to change the things I can, um, to know the difference, but to live one day at a time, one moment at a time. And I think that's what a lot of us are going to have to do is just lean into the grace of God daily mm -hmm. and sometimes moment by moment when our fears and our anxieties um, kind of overtake us. God, give me grace in this moment, to live in this moment, to accept in this moment, and to just take it one day at a time. Uh, the, those are some things I'm kind of holding on to that's helping me with my own grief and struggle. At the, right. At that's moment. really powerful, I think, especially in this time, just to say, to accept the things I cannot change, which is a lot right now. There's a lot for people. And um, you know, you mentioned leaning into scripture. Um, I think all of you did in some way, but we are really um, wanting to stay grounded there and just say, you know, this is our rock. This is what God has given us for good times and hard times. And so I'd asked uh, Nicole if she would share, we have a unique uh, perspective as Christians on struggles and suffering. And Nicole, I wondered if you'd read a passage from um, the book of James for us that we're kind of leaning into right now. Okay. 
So this is from James chapter 1, starting at verse 2 through 12. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you is lacking in wisdom, ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to you. But ask in faith, never doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For the doubter, being double-minded and unstable in every way, must not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up, and the rich in being brought low because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the field. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. It is the same way with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. Blessed is anyone who endures temptation. Such a one has stood the test and will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And I, I love this, the, the change in perspective there to say, count it all joy. Um, not, not joy that's a byproduct of things that we enjoy, but joy that's a byproduct of knowing that God can deepen and change and bring um, amazing depth to us through times like this. So I wondered if we could talk a little bit about what joy looks like in this season and is there room for celebration? How are, how are you finding that? Jonathan, you mentioned celebrating with your girls, even though it's a different kind of celebration. Um, I, I heard this week a story of a 11 year old girl in our community who had a birthday in Callis Village and couldn't see her friends and her friends formed a caravan of cars and drove past her house in like a parade and they decorated and, you know, their parents let them hang out the window and, and yell her name. And um, what, what does celebration look like in a season of um, social distancing and uh, the lack of our gatherings? How, how are you celebrating? One of the, um, one of the things that I really felt like the Lord put in my heart, I'm an artist and our family that's one of the things we do together and um yes this you know it's, it's such a season of loss and hurt and but we've kind of just committed to just paint create draw um to just kind of write you know art for me is a celebration of life it's a celebration of the gifts that god has given us and some art is dark some art is bright and joyful and um you know, my daughter, for instance, something that we're doing together as a family. Um, and so my daughter, you know, was born and raised at the beach. And so she said, can I paint my door, the inside of my door, a beach scene? And she's doing this incredible, intricate mural that has taken days. It's really a quite um, an amazing project. And I'm really proud of her. And um, for her, um, that's really given her a sense of joy and it's given her a sense of kind of meaning in the, in the midst of all of this. So I think art, creativity, 
enjoying art. Maybe you're not an artist. Maybe it's taken time to write, to journal, um, you know, the small things. But I think creativity could, could be a great, is a great gift um, for us in this season. Yeah. I'm seeing lots of kitchen creativity uh, during this time. Lots of people are rediscovering their culinary gifts. And I'm wondering, you know, how many pounds will all come out of quarantine carrying with us? Seriously. Yeah. How about you guys? Any any um, words of advice for celebrating or, or finding things to celebrate during this time? I, I think the the capacity in us as Christians to both hold intention, great lament and sorrow and grieving with times of exuberant joy and celebration. Uh, we can have this kind of holy defiance, this kind of, uh, we can laugh at the days to come kind of attitudes because Christ is our rock, you know. Um, and so I think keeping a sense of humor, um, finding ways to, to lighten each other's load, uh, to, to look on the sunny side are, are really good to lower our stress. Um, I think about the, the passage in Hebrews that, you know, Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him, uh, endured the cross, um, scorned its shame. And so, wow, what does that mean? You know, and how do we run, um, in the midst of all this suffering around us and still kind of have this deep, not, not trite, but deep abiding joy mm -hmm. and, and find ways to let that bubble up and out and splash onto others in the midst of very trying times. Yeah, I think you make a really great point there, Nicole, saying that uh, we have something um, unique to us as Christians. You, uh, a couple of times you, you really hit on that, and that's so good, so important, and um, uh, something we can offer the world in that, too to say we have a deep abiding joy in the midst of troubles. That doesn't mean we ignore them or like you said, we treat them as trite, but we, um, uh, we, we still uh, recognize those, but also this, this deep abiding joy to get like incredibly theological for just a moment. You know, we talk about um, uh, remembrance, you know, anamnesis is the kind of the fancy word for that remembrance where we're taking something from the past and making it a present reality. It's more than just, you know, cognitively thinking about something before, but um, something from the past, making it a, a very present reality in our lives. The other side of that is prolepsis, looking towards something in the future. Sorry. The story of our lives right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to you all. I just lost you. But we're still here. Can okay. you find us? We I'm, can still see and hear you if you want to keep talking. Okay. Jonathan was getting proleptic. Yeah. Yeah. I was a telemarketer, by the way. So, yeah. you know. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. So even maybe that was like our yeah. theological alarm yeah. or something. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's too, too much. So we'll stop there. But it is, <laughs> it is this, uh, um, this idea of the future having bearing on our lives in the here and now. And so, you know, looking towards that hope that we have and, and you know, the book of Revelation, we see this all over, uh, all over that, uh, looking towards this heavenly vision. Um, mm. towards the promise of Christ, the promises of Christ and of the kingdom and letting that sustain them and saying um, this present circumstance that we live in is not um, eternal. 
It's not the eternal reality that we will experience. There's something greater, and we look to that, and we say, God, can you bring that, even though we might be in some isolation and loneliness and grief right now, and that's okay um, to acknowledge, um, but to, uh, to say, can you bring this, the sense of your kingdom, and establish that here, and, and, and make me aware and long for your kingdom, uh, the desire that I have for that, um, to know that this is not my eternal um, status, but, uh, but there's something so much greater. And, uh, and to let that fuel our hope, um, that future vision. Um, and, uh, and, and to then, as, as Nicole was, was really hitting on, to say that's what we can offer to the world, is that we have a hope. And we, are, we, we might mourn, but we don't mourn as those who have no hope. Um, so yeah. That's so good. I want to ask, um, we're, we're about to wrap up, but I want to ask if Winfield would share um, just real briefly about a resource that he's created that I think would be really powerful for folks um, who are worshiping in different ways right now. Uh, so if you want to share about that. Yeah. Um, a couple years ago, and Jessica wrote the forward to it, um, I wrote a little book called Grow at Home, A Beginner's Guide to Family Discipleship. And it's it's, it's one, it's written for families to really bring faith into the home. And I think in a profound way, you know, I've written 10 books and this, it's probably the simplest. Um, but yet I think in this season, um, I was texting with JD Walt um, this morning about it. Um, it, I think it can be a profound book for families that are just desperate. that are just saying, how do we, what do we do? Um, and this, it, it's got all kinds of ideas of family. How do you worship together? How do you read the Bible together as a family? And the neat thing is, I didn't tell you this earlier, Jessica, but it's actually available for free on Seedbed and PDF video live streaming today. It's actually free. Um, and so you could order a hard copy, but right now you could get the free PDF or the Kindle um, version of it. And it, it really has been a blessing for a lot of families around the United States over the last few years. And so I want to just commend that to you as, as a free gift um, that could help you. Um, there's also a little prayer, family prayer book that kind of is an accompaniment that can just give you some prayers, yeah. little home liturgies, if you will, um, to just kind of encourage you in ways. And just to give you ideas, uh, for instance, there's a chapter on seasons of the church year, how to celebrate the church year as a family. So there's a section on celebrating Lent as a family um, in that book, in that that particular chapter. So if you're looking for some ideas and some prayers and some things you can do together as a family, um, I just want to commend that book to you. That's great. It's, it's been great for our family. And I, I love that Seedbed's offering their online resources free right now. So um, jump on there and see what else you can download. Both video and eBooks are available to folks. Um, and I just want to say, um, this is kind of a remarkable time and space, but all, all three of you live in my neighborhood <laughs> and we work <laughs> on the same campus and yeah, we're we so used to bumping into each other in person on in meetings or by accident or for fun. And um, this time has given me cause to celebrate and just um, be thankful for friendship in new ways. And so I want to thank you for that. And um, I'm actually going to ask Winfield if he would uh, close us in prayer, and then we will move into a time of worship music to share with you. So Winfield, would you pray for us? Absolutely. Um, Lord, 
we just come to you with our burdens, our cares um, in this moment, um, this cultural moment. Um, and we just, we just say, Lord, have mercy. God, uh, we ask today that you would just carry us through this. Um, some of us are just at the point of just exhaustion and, and ready to give up. I just pray that, God, you today would just give us a fresh sense of your grace and your love and literally let us feel your arms carrying us through this season, carrying our families, carrying whatever burdens we've, we've got today, God. We cast those down at your feet and we just say, Jesus, be our good shepherd and carry us through this season, Lord. Be with those that are hurting. God, strengthen the weak. God, heal the sick. Um, God, bring redemption. We look to you in all of this. And we thank you that we can praise you in the midst of this. We thank you that even dispersed, we have community. Yes. We bless you and we thank you today in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> we just pray a blessing over each of you that's been with us today. And let's, let's worship together in this time. You can sing or listen or pray and share prayer requests if you're online. So God bless you today and um, continue to be together even in the time that we're apart.